Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Retire Simply Podcast. I'm Scott Winstead. And I'm Angela. And we're back this week bringing you all things retirement related. And uh, we wanted to talk a little bit this month around um, an area of planning that we help folks with. Uh, and we've been getting a lot of questions on. Um, and, and that area is estate planning. Some people call it a legacy planning. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think more and more people realize that, you know, it's probably not good enough to just say, well, the kids will just get whatever's left over. Yeah, I agree with that. In fact, I have been running into just a lot of folks who um, are inheriting things from their parents, but it wasn't well laid out and it's taking them a really time. And to be quite honest with you, it's a really big mess. Absolutely. I mean, when I look at it, I remember when my grandfather passed away and he was not a wealthy man. He only owned one home didn't have a lot of money, but it took the better part of 18 months for my mother and my uncle to navigate his estate. And it was very simple. Mm -hmm. Um, So we wanted to take, you know, some time today and for these next few episodes to talk about estate planning and really lay out, you know, what we think is probably the essential documents everyone should have in their estate plan. Mm -hmm. And then as we progress through future episodes, we're also going to be talking about, you know, trusts and do you need one, do you not, you know, that sort of thing. Yep. But for the, for today, we wanted to just hit on, you know, what are the three main essential estate planning documents that we believe and we recommend that everybody should have? Yeah, this is just great information for everybody to know. So the first one would be a basic will. Excuse me. And and so a will basically all it does is it takes your assets and your belongings and it states who is going to own them after you die. And so if you don't write a will, your assets get distributed according to plans outlined by your state's laws. Mm -hmm. And what we find is a lot of times folks don't like that. And it's a very lengthy and uncomfortable process. But I do want to hit on the the part that says your state's laws, mm-hmm. because this is not a federal law. So you always want to have your will and your estate planning documents updated for where you're, you're living. A lot of times folks stay in the Dallas-Fort Worth area uh, while they're you know, working and then when they retire. But hey, we have a lot of folks that decide they want to move. One of the first things we always recommend is, hey, make sure you get your estate planning documents updated where you're living, the state you're living. So, for instance, my father lives in Louisiana. Um, They're on Napoleonic law. Like it's something completely different than Texas. (laughs) Very different. So the way his estate plan has to be written is very different than the uh, way my mother's estate plan has to be written, who lives in Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So. You know, when you create a will, it's really the only way for you to control who gets what. Um, I kind of call it, it's your last swan song, right? You get to control a little bit longer uh, what happens to your assets. You have the freedom, you know, to leave your assets to friends or families or charities and the amounts that you wish. Um, Now, when you have a will, you also need to choose an executor, and that's the person who will make sure the terms of your will, right, are carried out exactly as you want. So you mm-hmm. want to make sure you designate an executor of it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's a, a you know, the, maybe the most responsible child uh, that yeah. you had yeah. or, you know, a, a Younger sibling sister. Yeah, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you, you want to make sure that you have it. Now, if you have children under the age of 18, which I know if you're listening to this, probably you don't, but mm-hmm. you may know someone who does. It's really crucial to have a will if your children are under 18 because in the will, you can actually name a guardian who would care for your children if something happened to you before they actually became over 18 and became an adult. So that's another benefit of a will. But it's also, you know, one thing I'll say about a will that I think sometimes gets a little bit overlooked is that a will doesn't control everything. So for instance, a will does not control the distribution of all the assets, specifically life insurance proceeds. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's the beneficiary that's listed on the life insurance proceeds. And I want to be uh, uh, real clear here for a minute. If I had a dollar for every time someone came in and visited with us and they were divorced and we started looking at their life insurance beneficiaries or their 401k beneficiaries and all that. If I had a dollar for every time an ex-spouse was still listed, at least on one of those accounts, well, maybe I'd be on a beach somewhere retired, right? (laughs) Yeah. You have got to update your beneficiaries. It's so important. So important. So a will does not uh, dictate the life insurance proceeds. It also doesn't dictate any property that you might have in a living trust or any property that might be or assets that might be in a joint account or titled together. So, excuse me, a lot of times we have a husband and a wife and they'll have an investment account and we'll make sure that it's a joint account with rights of survivorship. Mm -hmm. Well, the type of account dictates that it goes to the spouse when one of them dies a will would not designate that. So the first thing your estate plan needs to have is a will. It needs to be from the state that you're living in, and it needs to make sure that it includes an executor. Okay. Now there's two other uh, pieces that we like to have that we recommend in your estate plan. And um, how about I take money and you take help and I'll start. Okay. So one of the other things that you want to make sure um, when you're just, when you're putting everything together, Um, is you're going to want to have a power of attorney to help manage your finances. And this is what I mean by that. Um, In order for someone to be a power of attorney, it's just a document authorizing them uh, to handle your financial matters. So let's just say, for example, um, someone else, I was going to say you, but let's imagine someone else gets in a car wreck and they're incapacitated. If you have a financial power of attorney on file, that person can step in um, and make decisions for you. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about this, but I do want to note in this moment, if they uh, have a power of attorney to manage your finances, that does not mean that they can make uh, decisions about your health care. Scott will talk about that in a minute. Um, But one of the things that's going to be really important to know is once you have this stuff buttoned up, I believe that going through retirement is just a little bit easier and you don't have as many concerns because that you've taken care of now where most of your stuff goes. Now I have a power of attorney in place so that if something happens to me or I'm incapacitated, they can make financial decisions for me. 
One other quick note I want to say is when you do have a financial power of attorney, that ends upon your passing. So they no longer, once you pass away, they cannot make decisions for you regarding your finances. Yeah, you know, I mean, life happens and we hope bad things don't, but they do. And, you know, if you're incapacitated for a while and, you know, bills still have to get paid, right? Mortgages may have to get paid, um, you know, taxes, insurances, all those things still have to get paid. So having somebody that can make those decisions and pay those things on your behalf is really, really important. Uh, one such thing, though, to also note about the power of attorney and managing, you know, uh, the the financial power of attorney is that it it is state specific as well. Yes. So, true. again, you'll want this written for where you're going to be living, not, hey, I wrote it in Texas. I retired to Colorado. Texas is fine. No, every state has their own laws around this. So, again, just make sure it's getting updated. Good the point. last thing. That we, will, that we always recommend that folks have would be a medical directive. Sometimes it's called an advanced care directive. But really what that means is it's kind of like the uh, financial power of attorney. But what the medical directive says is you get to basically state how you want your wishes for any medical or end of life care yeah. if you're unable to make those decisions. So going back and let's say... You became incapacitated, Um, you know, the doctor comes in, tells the family, hey, you're not going to get better. Uh, We're going to put you on life support, you know, that sort of thing. Well, a medical directive, you may decide that if I'm ever in a situation where I need life support, I just would rather not have it. it. Just I'd rather just pass away. Well, a medical directive would spell that out. Okay, Um, you know. Do you want to be on a ventilator? Do you not? Do you want a feeding tube? Do you not? Um, Sometimes you'll hear the medical directive or advanced care directive referred to as a living will. Um, In some states, you can actually include the person to make these decisions for you if you're unable to make them. So you might say, hey, uh, my spouse, right, or my oldest child. Um, But what we find is, you know, in some other states, yeah, you might need a healthcare power of attorney. That's what I was going to say. They oftentimes call it a healthcare power of attorney. Right, yeah. um, to make those decisions. So again, I'm really driving home this point, and we're driving home this point, that it, this is state-specific. Now, one of the gr- great things about getting your estate plan built and updated and done is a lot of times you can get these three documents, a will, a financial power of attorney, and a medical directive, in a package. Mm -hmm. So these are all very common, but at the bare minimum, this is what you're going to want if you own anything, Mm -hmm. right? Anything. If not, you're going to be a burden to your family, more than likely. You're going to put them in a very tough decision if you become incapacitated and they have to start trying to make decisions for you. Yes. Um, They're going to have a heck of a time trying to navigate your state afterward. If you are incapacitated and don't have the financial power of attorney, they're going to have a heck of a time trying to get money out of your bank accounts and paying bills for you and all that. Mm -hmm. So these things are just good things to have before something happens for proper planning in your retirement. It not only does it make your life easier, because really you don't have to be worried about this stuff. It's already taken care of. 
but it makes your family and your loved ones' lives a lot easier. It's just like we talk about having a plan all the time. This is another another plan within the plan, but but it really lets people know what you want and what they can do to help you. Yeah, and, and out of the five things that we help people plan for, this is one of them. Yep. Um, you do not have an adequate retirement plan if you do not have an estate plan and everything buttoned up on that end. If you have questions on this or we can be of service to help you take a look at it, feel free to give the office a call. That number is 817-328-6152. That's 817-328-6152. We also have tremendous resources on our website that you can go to to read more about this. So feel free to go to compassretirement.com to read more about this. We look forward to talking with you next week as we continue our discussion around estate planning. Have a great week. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been another week of Retire Simply. Thanks for listening. And remember, anyone can save money and just as easily anyone can run out of money. But it takes skill and a plan Take what you've saved and not run out. If you want to listen to more episodes or learn more about Compass Retirement, go to compassretirement.com. That's compass with two S's, retirement.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to tell a friend. They're probably a lot like you and would enjoy it too. Compass Retirement is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and Compass Retirement, Inc. are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Compass Retirement Inc. is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Compass Retirement Inc. Hypothetical examples have been provided for illustrative purposes only. It does not represent a real-life scenario and should not be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation.